This is the Becoming a Dangerous Man podcast, where men come together in the fight to restore honor to masculinity, faith in family, and pride in country. Keyboard warriors and talking heads have labeled masculinity toxic and patriotism extremism. Waiting for a return to normal isn't an option. The fight starts now. Fellow warriors, welcome to another episode. I'm your host, Phil Anderton, a 20-year military veteran, husband, father, and a man on his own path to becoming dangerous. All right, guys, quick housekeeping note. Um, The website has been taken down. Um, There was no point in keeping it going. The the value exchange of time for what it did for us, um, for you at Dangerous Man, um, it started as a blog website. It pivoted to a podcast website. And frankly, it just it takes a lot of extra work uh, to try to update the site with what's going on. And there's really no value exchange there. There's nothing that we're getting out of it. There's nothing that you're getting out of it um, to be worth the amount of time it takes to, to keep it updating. Um, so for now, we're taking it down. Uh, we're taking another look at how to when we bring it back up, maybe simplify it a little. Um, and now that we have Substack, so if you've listened to the last few episodes, I have pivoted my writing and my emails come from Substack and you can find me at dangerousman.substack.com if you're interested in receiving the, the two emails a week that come out. And then certainly if you can subscribe and support the channel, uh, you'll have access to me a little bit more, um, as well as some kind of subscriber only post and uh ability to comment and talk with other people um i'm calling that our off-grid community again so if you're the last few episodes i've talked about substack uh, dangerousman.substack.com look me up over there that's kind of like my the new website it's it's a lot more all-in-one it's easier for me to manage and then my team can add value where they can with certainly Um, We're still working on some graphics and some other things that, you know, we'll throw on some t-shirts here pretty soon and absolutely something we still want to do, but the current format we had on the website just wasn't it. So just want to update you guys if you wonder why that's gone Um, and certainly keep following along, keep, uh, stay with us because we are, we are absolutely starting to move in the right direction. We're really excited. I'm really excited with Substack um, and, and my ability to write write the emails they end up posting and now people can comment on them directly all on the same page i can interact with you there i can answer your questions there and then as we move forward uh we'll we'll be able to see how much more we can do uh, on that platform okay so thank you as always for being here and i got a good one today so um, today is a monday mindful monday episode where we take a quote or idea Uh, Something that's been with me for a while or something that just came up in a conversation last week and and I break it down and I share it with you. And this quotes, uh, this is the Spartan days, right? This is the Peloponnesian War era, I believe. The quote goes, the society that separates its scholars from its warriors will have its thinking done by cowards and its fighting done by fools. So society, scholars, warriors, cowards fighting done by fools, right? Immediately when you hear that, you think, oh God, this is going to be a political rant, you know, politics, because where else do uh, a society separate its scholars from its warriors like they do in DC, right? In the swamp. Uh, Well, I'm going to tell you now, this is not going to be a political, uh, this is not going to have anything to do with politics. Let me get through the first two minutes and then politics will be done and we'll talk about the real 
the real issue, and that's our children. Um, but the reason you think DC, um, there, there is something to be said about people sending, people making decisions that send young men and women to war who have never seen combat. And I, and I would, you know, there is something to that where there's a real problem when all the back end people, the, what do they call it? The administration you don't elect, right? The, the lobbyist, uh, all the people that work behind the scenes, the thousands and thousands and thousands of people in the staffs of these uh, political politicians who not only didn't serve, you know, I think one in 10 congressmen, one in 10 senators maybe have maybe have served or certainly have somebody very close to them who has. That's still not the same, but you got to think it's one in a hundred when it comes to their staff and all the the swamp creatures, if you will, that work behind the scenes. So that I, I do absolutely see a problem with um, the, the cowards, if you will, uh, sending us into war, uh, having no experience of the consequence or the weight of that decision, right? But in Dangerous Man, and what we talk about, what we try to focus on on the podcast is immediate impact, right? Stoicism is about what I can control, not the outside influence, not the people coming at me, but my response to them, right? So for me to do this quote, I wanted to certainly fall in line with that. And since you and I are not going to change D.C., uh, and when we do talk politics, we prefer to talk state and local elected officials, people we can drive to their office, people we potentially know somebody who knows somebody who knows them. We, we are much more likely to have an impact voting local, like we've talked about before. And, and since this quote is actionable for us, most of us, if we're not already parents, most of us listening um, are going to be parents. Hopefully that's something in your future. So when I break down scholars and warriors, and when I thought about this quote, and I wanted to share it with you, look no further where they're being separated, our warriors from our scholars, than the public school system and the decline in physical education. Think about that. Think about how sad PE has gotten and whether it's budget cuts or whatever the reasons are, we're not we're not going to talk about the reasons. We're going to talk about the consequences of that. And then if, if, if this is something that you believe in as strongly as I do, then at your local level, you will certainly look to ensure your kids schools have some sort of physical education program and, and get after some ways to to make sure your kids are moving, competing, you know, participating in a team sport, right? teamwork. Uh, because when you separate kids from that, when you separate them from competition, from winning and losing, when you separate that from daily physical activity, there are consequences. And today's episode, we're going to talk about some of those consequences. So the first and most immediate thing that comes to mind, um, and it's really sad, and, and it's, um, I, it's, I understand it's not easy to talk about, right? Um, but we need to have the conversation. We absolutely have to have this conversation. When you take physical activity out of schools and you promote video games and you promote cell phone usage and social media and virtual reality and you give all these kids this path that doesn't involve physical activity, the number one thing that jumps off the page at me is childhood obesity. Now, listen to me. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Got it. And when we're talking after you're out of your mom's house, I don't care what you do with yourself, right? That's on you. We all live with consequences of our actions. Some of us drink, some of us smoke, some of us eat more than we should and don't exercise, but we're adults and I'm okay with that. I am okay with adults making decisions that impact adults. 
Why does it bother me? Because excess body fat and health issues prior to graduating high school hurts more than just the child, right? I am a, I am somebody who is thinking bigger picture here, and I want you to think bigger picture too. And this will help you get over the fact that you know you're going to hurt some feelings if you tell some kid to lay off the McDonald's, to, to lay off the drive-through. Why do I bring that up? Because a lot of these issues, kids do what they're told. Kids follow the leader. Kids are sponges. So if you, since the kids four or five years old, have been handing them a drive-through bag in the, the back seat uh, for dinner, for breakfast, if you've been going to the gas stations and getting the snacks and the sugary drinks since they're a kid, that's all they know. That is a learned behavior from an adult. So a lot of this is not the kid's fault. A lot of childhood obesity and what we're going to talk about, these are things that the kids have learned, learned behavior through society, through their family, through their friends, through the school system, right? A lot of public education offers free food, but how much of that food is fat and protein and how much of it is carbs and snacks and sugary beverages? So we have a real problem on our hands and I want to break down a couple things and get you to think a little different about more than just the feelings and, and, and being sensitive and young people today, think about this, heart disease and type two diabetes, record numbers. So I did some basic Google searching um, for the for for this article uh, and to be ready to talk about this. The numbers are staggering. I, I'm not going to right. I'm not a doctor. I don't I don't claim to um, you can do the Google search if you don't believe me. Heart disease and type 2 diabetes are staggering. Numbers continue to rise. Strain on the already taxed healthcare system. So a couple notes here I wrote down were the healthcare system, the in the continual increase every year, right? And type 2 diabetes, that's an insulin, th that's an insulin thing, right? Heart disease, um, whether that's cardiovascular, whether that's something that's going to require medicine, blood, the, the offset of that would be like blood pressure medication that these kids are going to be on, right? And then you could immediately think, well, pharmaceuticals, uh, we are a disease care management system. Does it benefit the pharmaceutical companies? Well, more, more people using their products. What I think of, though, is their kids, which means they don't work, which means they don't pay taxes. So well, how, does, how does this hurt us? Well, who's going to pay for this? You're assuming their parents are, but what if their parents don't have insurance? Who's going to pay for this massive increase in people using the healthcare system that is already a challenge? It's, it's already difficult. It's already the mo one of the most expensive things we do next to paying for the Department of the Defense is paying for healthcare for millions of Americans who don't have insurance. And now you're adding a lot of kids every year to this same system. Who will pay for this? Hey, society taxpayers pay for this. There, there is no money tree. There is no ability to print money to help the, the misfortunate or the, un, the unfortunate. It has to be paid for. And so every year on top of the adults who are more obese, on top of the adults who have more health issues because they don't take care of themselves, on top of that healthcare system, on top of all the illegal immigrants coming through the southern border and joining our healthcare system, on top of all that, now we are having our kids join our healthcare system at a much younger age. Okay. And this comes at a cost, a financial cost, which hurts all of us. So that's the first thing with childhood obesity. The second thing, physical labor jobs. There are a lot of jobs in our 
in our workforce that are hard to do. They, they are not easy jobs. They require work. Okay, so what do I see a problem? I see a problem in a decrease in the people able to fill these jobs. When, when they graduate high school and they've only ever held a cell phone in their hand, they're not, P, they're not doing PE, they're not playing sports, they're, not, they're, they're gaining excess weight, they're much bigger. Well, these kind of people probably don't want to get in attics or go under houses to do any of the construction trade work. These kind of people probably don't want to get under cars and be a mechanic. These kind of people don't want to, these kids who have never lived a physical life, they're looking for keyboards and cell phones and cameras to make money and, and get rich, but that's not for everybody, right? That's a very niche, uh, niche uh, field, okay? So who's going to do the manual labor uh, to take, to, to you know, in place of us, right? As we age, adults, as you age, uh, you need younger people coming in to take your place so you can move into a management or a leadership position. If there's less people applying for these jobs every year, labor is going to go up, right? We're in a shortage right now where people cost more. I just got a quote at the house in Texas for concrete. And if you know concrete, a cubic yard is anywhere from 125 to 175 a, 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 a cubic yard. Uh, they want three to $5,000 to place three cubic yards that we want to fill in a little mulch bed and put some concrete in there uh, to potentially park a car. It's next to our driveway. They wanted three to $5,000. It's maybe six to $800 in materials. That means I'm being charged anywhere from like two to $4,000 in labor. And it's a one day job, right? So labor is up. Labor is not free. It's not cheap. And unless you're a really good DIYer, uh, be prepared to continue paying more for things done at your house. Okay, guess what else happens? The quality of work goes down because now instead of five people being really smart on electrical, I'm going to tell you what happens because it happens in the construction field. They continue to lower the standard of how many people, unskilled labor that one master electrician has to basically supervise when putting the electrical in your house. So what's going to happen is you're going to have less and less skilled labor, more and more unskilled labor, and you're going to wonder why when you buy something really nice, the quality sucks. Well, the quality, especially around houses, construction, commercial, commercial real estate, commercial construction, the quality is going to go down because they're not going to pay the high prices for the skilled labor. They're just going to have the one skilled labor essentially babysit. So then I'm asking you the question, right? The first question was, who's going to pay for all this? The second question is, who's going to do all the work? Who's going to do the hard job? Think about that. That affects society. When these kids don't graduate and they're not coming to take our jobs, right? They're coming to sit on their ass and grab a phone and make a TikTok video. Okay, that's a problem, people. All right, the third third point I have here with uh, talking about childhood obesity still. Excess body fat in men equals lower testosterone. Well, maybe you're thinking, well, why, how does that impact society, right? That kid's going to have lower T. It is what it is. Well, low T, less sperm. Less sperm, declining birth rate. Now do you see where I'm going with this? Who will take our place? Kind of like I talked about on the workforce. Who will take our place? We are, we are a country. We are America. We, we have values and foundings and beliefs that are unique to us in our country. Who's going to take our place if Americans born and bred aren't uh, repopulating? If we're becoming 
you know, if, if we have a harder and harder time with, especially then you go into all the other things we could talk about with the, the decline in marriage, the decline in the uptick in divorce, right? More people are getting divorced, less people are getting married, more and more of these men that want to do it on their own and do it without women. Um, you go into that, but you know, not to, not to derail, but that kind of ties into the birth rate problem. So in countries, when they have a birth rate problem, that is a societal problem. That is a big picture problem. And when more and more, especially boys are, are growing up with this excess body fat, that means they're producing less testosterone, which has its own problems, right? Muscle mass becomes harder. Um, obviously there's the emotional hormonal side of uh, the male body. And when there's less testosterone, there's, you know, less muscle and what goes with that. But just talking about the declining birth rate, who will take our place? Okay. And then the fourth point I have here with childhood obesity is the potential for a military draft, obviously. And then you're drafting men with less testosterone, less aggression, less of what you need to be in the military. Hey folks, again, do a Google search or a duck, duck, go search. One in three were unfit for service. Do you think I'm talking about Iraq and Afghanistan? No, because we didn't draft Iraq and Afghanistan. What do you think I'm talking about? I'm talking about World War One and World War Two. World War One and World War Two. We're talking, you know, I'm guessing here, 1917, 1916, 1918, uh, right? And then 1943, 44. They were one in three were unfit for for service in the military. Could you even imagine if at that time when the obesity rate for, for young people was a fraction, if it even existed at all, they had other reasons that kept them out uh, of service. What would it look like today? How many people today in a draft? Well, why does that matter? Phil, why are we talking about a draft? Because at any point, right, nobody nobody was talking about World War II and then Japan decided to bomb Pearl Harbor. We are not in control of the rest of the world. We are not in control of other countries, our enemies, our allies. We are not in control of what could happen to us, but we are in control of how we would be ready to respond. And in a response, you need bodies, right? That No matter what you think, the war is not going to be fought on a computer or a board game right? The war is going to be fought with people. And to defend our country and our way of life, we need people to fight for us. And again, with a generation growing up, not seeing the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, now the flag is a microaggression for some people, the flag upsets some people, throw that in there, who will fight for us? This is a problem. Okay, we cannot control our enemies, we can hope and pray and we can legislate and do, you know, we can spread democracy and we can have a foreign policy that, you know, we try to play nice uh, with our you know, quote unquote enemies. But at the end of the day, it's up to them if they decide, if they decide to come at us, it's our response that we can control. And I'm telling you, based on the numbers of childhood obesity with the health problems they have, their inability to want to do hard work, to sweat to compete, to win or lose, uh, the lower the lower testosterone rates in the men and the higher obesity rates, who will fight the fight when the fight comes? All right, guys, we today have spoken about childhood obesity and 
And maybe you're wondering why I'm going to stop there, why I'm not going to go more. Well, I chose to take that quote and write a, the, the quotes there for you. You know, feel free to uh, wake up tomorrow morning, uh, take a blank page, write that quote on the top. And then what do you think of when you read that quote? Right. This is just me. And um, this is simply my opinion on this quote at this moment. Maybe in a couple months, I'll, I'll take the same quote and I'll, I'll go a totally different direction. Right. That's the beauty of it. Uh, it is for each of us. But. Uh, I, I chose to look at our the kids, the children, and the importance of phys- physical education in the school system. Um, we could add the value sports play and teaching competition and, and what comes with the competitiveness uh, of sports for boys and girls. Um, we could talk about winning and losing and certainly how life isn't fair, right? There are losers. This whole everybody wins, everybody gets a trophy. That's not real. It it works in a controlled setting, but it doesn't work in real life. It doesn't work certainly globally, internationally. Um, It does not work. Nobody cares that we raise our kids to to get stars and medals and trophies and uh, applauses for mediocre to no effort. Um, It doesn't work on a big scale, right? Uh, we could discuss boys being boys and how there, you know, there's rough and tough play and it's very natural and it builds character. Uh, it sets kids up again for that real world I just talked about. Um, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention and the fact that it's it's weighing on me because I know it's such a problem and it's something that I do that it, I do care about. And, and that's the pandemic we just came about. And, and the reason I care so much is um, it, it was not a pandemic of the unvaccinated it was a pandemic of the obese. It, it let, Let's call it what it is. I know it's tough and I know it's tough to hear. Over 80% of the people who died with COVID, from COVID, with COVID, they were obese and they had other health conditions that went with being obese, the heart disease, the diabetes, the other health factors, the three to four uh, contributing factors that played into them passing away. And COVID was kind of like the icing on the cake, but they had other health issues. And a lot of those health issues had to do with obesity and carrying excess body weight for a very long period of their life. So the fact that our children are seeing drastic increases in obesity, the fact that our children are the largest they've ever been in our entire lives and people don't think that's a problem. Instead, they're putting big, big, big people on the cover of magazines to basically give the green light that it's okay to be fat. It's okay. And it's, again, I, I pause, I hesitate because it is a touchy subject. Like losing weight isn't for everybody. Some people are comfortable. And again, adults, if you're comfortable, and you can handle yourself. We talk about self-defense. We talk about being a hard target, presenting a hard target. I don't want to go into all that. Adults, I got it. You're making choices for yourself and you're living with those choices. You're living with the aches and pains. You're living with the medication. You're living with the doctor's visit. That's an adult decision. But the fact that we're preparing our kids to grow up in a society where that's already okay, where the standard and the bar have already been lowered, where they don't have anything to work for, we have made it so easy for them. So I guess that's where we're all in this today. Again, uh, Mindful Mondays are, are supposed to be thought-provoking going into the week. And then the Thursday episode, we, we wrap up with more specific to becoming a dangerous man. 
Um, so Mondays are a little bit more for everybody, in a sense, uh, as they are thought provoking. So each person can take from it what they what they want. Uh, and then the Thursday show is certainly more specific to being on the path uh, to becoming dangerous. The twelve tactics around becoming a threat, becoming a dangerous man, uh, creating opportunities for yourself, increasing your skills and capabilities, and then understanding and refining your tent, your your intent, and your purpose. Um, so I started the show. I want to end it the same way. Um, we are on Substack, dangerousman.substack.com. It is the off-grid site that we want. Uh, if you subscribe and you can support, uh, it'll open it up to, to the comment section of these posts. Um, emails go out twice a week. And then if you're a subscriber, uh, I will do subscriber-only type things. Uh, we're not there yet, but, but, but here in short order uh, with some support and some feedback from you. Um, I still have the email, phil at becomingadangerousman.com. You can hit me up there. Uh, let me know what you thought of the show. Let me know what you think of the new email format. And if, if you've checked out Substack, um, certainly um, you can comment on the Substack or you could still shoot me the emails and let me know what you think. Um, this is a movement. This is a path. Uh, this is a way forward. This is men and women um, accepting that we are in a fight for our country. We are in a fight for our families and our way of life. And strong men need to step up. Right. Strong men need to step up to make good times. We, we are at the we are at the tail end of the weak men uh, making hard times um, and we need to do something about it. So if you're if you're listening and you're supporting, uh, thank you for that. Uh, reach out. Give me the feedback. Join us on Substack. And I look forward to hearing from you. Um, hopefully you got something out of this today that works for you. Uh, implement it in your life today and, and be a better man tomorrow. Thank you.